Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at nine games here on Wednesday night for you guys. In this one, we're taking a look at the Seas and the Cavs. We also have another game video up with my Knicks taking on the Nets, looking to pick on those Brooklyn Nets some more we are. Uh, also have our player props up for you that we're looking to continue to stay hot on those with you for this week as well. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page and follow along with us all season long and into the playoffs as well. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all of our great written content there and use that odds finder tool we have up there. Make sure you're shopping those lines, getting the best odds available to you from all those U.S. sports books out there this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into this nine-game slate and then jump into our game, Season and Cavs. Yeah, nine games here on March 1st as we uh, head down the stretch. We got Suns with KD expected to debut, minus 10 at Charlotte. No LaMelo from the Hornets. The Bulls are minus 6 at the Pistons. Sixers minus 2 at Heat. Immediate rematch there. The other game we break down, Nets are plus 7.5 at the Knicks. These Cavs plus 5 at the Celtics. Low total of 218. Grizz minus 10 at Rockets. Bucks on a back-to-back. They're minus 7.5 at home against Orlando. Lakers on a back-to-back in a pick at the Thunder. Still no word on SGA whether he will play. Of course, LeBron is out. And then the Pelicans in a pick at Portland. Another team on a back-to-back here. So, I mean, the Celtics coming off a loss <clears throat> at the Knicks where they really just shot an unbelievable, just just could not make an unbelievable amount of open threes. That's that's the biggest takeaway, right? Is that the Knicks did not, like we were saying in the video, they we expected some positive regression in terms of them giving up good looks from three and it just didn't come. And they're still elite uh, in terms of limiting opponents' three-point percentage. And we'll talk about that in the Nets video, but... You know, how much of that is just Boston saying, you know, okay, we, we trust our system. Uh, we're getting the looks. And they, they had a few pushes there to get back in that game. Couldn't quite pull it off. But now they face Cleveland, which is a, a real packet in defense that has surprisingly been inefficient guarding the three-point line all year. I mean, you look at the road home stuff, and it's it's pretty evident. I mean, they're 9-17 and 17 on the road on the year, 2-10 and 10 as road dogs. Um and they're they're actually pretty bad guarding the three point line even at home in terms of percentage. 18th versus 25th on the road, second to last in their last three here, giving up 46. percent uh, And if you look at the sample size of eight games, they do give up the fewest three point attempts and one of the fewest makes. But again, fifth highest percentage. So to me, that reads like if you're a team that they they'll, they'll run you off the line, they want to run you into their rim protectors. But if you're a team that can make the extra pass, that can penetrate and kick and keep it moving, which is the Celtics' MO 100%. You can get really good looks against Cleveland. You can knock down a high percentage. Uh, I mean, I, I don't need to talk about how Boston is, you know, the best three-point shooting team in the league when they get it going and how much that is coordinate, uh, you know, correlated to their success. So these teams played to overtime games early in the season. Uh, I think you can kind of just like punt those out the window in terms of just not looking like the same team. I mean, the first game, Karis Levert matched Donnie Mitchell with 41 points, if you remember, in Boston for an overtime win. Uh, The last six, by the way, Karis Levert under four points per game with 23 minutes. Uh, He's just a non-factor. Can't stay in the rotation for the Cavs. Second meeting, Boston struggled a little bit uh, from three, but got 27 free throw attempts. 
something to look at there. Donnie Mitchell regressed a little bit from that 41 points and, and shot 40% from the field. And so, I mean, Donnie, uh, last eight road games, not particularly impressive, 23 points per game uh, with a 111 rating. And to me, if, if he's not cooking, I, I mean, I don't necessarily trust Darius Garland to completely carry this offense. And the Cavs are just not a good offensive team uh, when they don't have those guys cooking. Kevin Love no longer on the squad. Karis LeVert no longer a, a member of the rotation, like I said. So I just, uh, I, I know this was the same take against the Knicks and the Celtics did not come through, but I trust their depth. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon is playing out of his mind. He's the sixth man of the year and, and at home, they're just, they're going to be, there's just going to be primed to bounce back here. Um, 13 and two straight up at home since they lost four in December. Um, so it's just a question for me of, do you think they can cover five points? Cause I, I'm pretty sure they're going to win this game. Wow. Yeah. Uh, love the confidence. Um, I hold that same level of confidence about my Knicks that we'll talk about in that other game video. So, you know, maybe you want to proceed with caution based on, on those factors, but I don't know as much. I, I I believe in the Cavs a bit more than you right now, just because I, I think when you look at the games that they've lost, I mean, I know they lost three in a row there. Um, some pretty tough games, though, you know, at, right before the break versus the Sixers uh, and then coming out of the break versus the Nuggets, who, who were they were favored against at home, which was hilarious. Um, and then the the Hawks as well, who I guess are really, really good at, again on offense, at least. Um, and then, yeah, they, they beat a Raptors team that they should be. And, and it's a little bit, you know, sloppy there. So, I mean, if you look at the teams they beat versus who they don't beat, it does seem like those, you know, they're not matching up with the, uh, the, the conference, you know, the top of the conference uh, on either side quite as well uh, and playing against those teams above 500, like they were at the very beginning of the season when they picked up these two dubs against uh, the, uh, the the Celtics at home. I kind of, or not at home. One of them was in Boston, obviously that very early in the season, but that was, that was sort of their coming out party. Either way, you know, this one, um, I, I kind of look at, at, uh, some at the over, to be honest. I mean, it's a very low total. I understand that the Cavs are a good sort of pack it in, um, you know, play solid defense kind of team. Um, but I, I think the way that these two teams are playing as of, well, at least the, even when they, you know, when the Cavs are playing on the road, I should say more specifically, um, you know, you, you just see them going over a bit more the, the games that have been going over in their last roughly like 10 games, eight games or so, um, you know, actually just in their last seven, you know, hitting five overs in their last seven, uh, just two games on the road, but both those going over um, and definitely, you know, most of these games going over the, the, the two, uh, the two nineteen and a half and a half total that we see here uh, between these two teams. I mean, it's a little bit surprising if we're basing anything on how they played the first two games of this season. Um, you know, both those totals went well over two nineteen and a half. and a half, even the game that they played in November um, in, in uh, Cleveland, which not where this game is and where Cleveland's much better on defense. When they played this game in Cleveland, even uh, it was still two twenty seven. The pace was still at like 97. Um, and, and when you look at the game on the road in Boston for Cleveland, that game, you know, reached that 255 total uh, and had a pace of 98.2, which is fast for for Cleveland, for sure, when they are used to playing closer to 96 uh, for most of the time of the season, especially at home as well, like we talk about consistently. And yeah, the, the road splits for them, you know, I think it is to your point, they're going to give up threes if you take them. Um, but guys, you know, they, they do seem to close out well, but that's just not doesn't matter when you're playing uh, against this, the, the, uh, the Celtics and the way that they've been, you know, passing the ball around the perimeter and really getting all those solid uh, amount, amount of threes on on 
assisted three-pointers as well. So it's not like they just need to, to come up and, and pull. Jalen Brown, you still really haven't mentioned him. I, I think he was big in their loss to the Knicks. I mean, even if he is sometimes, you know, a, a black hole and hard to play off of because he plays a lot of bully ball, um, I still think he's wildly important as that next guy. If, if Tatum doesn't have it the way he didn't have it against the Knicks, there's almost just like you have too many three-point shooters. So the odds are that somebody's got to be hitting, which is helpful for, for the Celtics when they, you know, are, are hitting threes like they are this season even when certain guys like Tatum might be off from deep they have another guy and, and Brown is just another guy that can get his own uh bucket that you need in those games where they couldn't even score 100 uh, against the Knicks who obviously still actually have been a lot better on defense especially since Mitchell Robinson came back but either way I, I think this is a good opportunity for for points on both sides um, I, I know Jam Brown helps out the defense a bit but I think the offense is going to be a bit more you know believe in the Cavs on the road where they do tend to go over way more uh, and and this total is just way too low for me which I understand why people think that but I'm just on the opposite side of that yeah you're right I did not mention Jalen Brown and while I, I think he definitely was missed against the Knicks, I think he's more important in this matchup because you have to operate in the mid-range areas against the Cavs. Um, and I think he will provide a big spark for the Celtics offense that, like you said, you know, just sputtered to a halt at the Knicks. Um, I mean, they're over in six of their last eight at home, scoring 119, shooting 41% from deep and hitting 19 threes. So that makes me very interested in the over as well uh, as it drops another point here. I think you you got a good angle there. 20 and 10 to the over at home are the Celtics and the Cavs. I mean, their offense struggles a, a little five points per game fewer on the road, which is why I lean towards Celtics winning. But their defensive rating is also seven points higher. Um, and, and yeah, just the, the overwhelming depth of the Celtics, I think, will lead to enough points here. I will say again, yeah, you know, 17 and four in their last 21 at home with Marcus Smart. They just snapped their streak. With him, a 10-game win streak in at the Knicks, but they've just been I- extremely, you know, put together at home uh, when they have their leader, and uh, I, d- I think they win this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Nets, you don't have to, like, twist my arm to talk about fading the Nets right now. I think if anyone watching the show knows that this is my favorite futures bet. I expect them to continue to regress, um, and, you know, even though they came out on fire, basically, against Milwaukee that last time they just collapsed in the second half. And that, and that's all you need to know about a team that just lacks the, the, the closers that that's relied on the identity of having two of the best closers in the game for a couple of years now. And now they got, they just got Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, and, and that, that's about it. So, I mean, they go four for 19 for three in the second <laughs> half and, we talked in the other video about the Knicks and how they are giving up a kind of a stunning amount of uncontested threes and sort of getting lucky in that regard. So, I mean, that could come home to roost in this game. um, In which case maybe you do get an over. I'm not going to touch that total because I am scared of the Nets offense. I think it's one of the worst in the league right now. Um, And Jacques Vaughn is a defensive minded coach and has been for a while. You've just had, again, two transcendent offensive players making their offense go. Um, The Knicks at minus seven and a half here. I don't know if they're going to have the same intensity they just brought for that Celtics game. This is prime teaser situation for me. Uh, I do like the Celtics to win. And I think if you want them at minus one and the Knicks at minus three, that's a good way to just coordinate this. Uh, Or if you want that Celtics total even lower at 214. 
and take the over there. But look, the Nets back-to-back situation. Uh, I've lost two in a row in that spot. I've lost five of the last six overall with just just scoring 106 points per game. Just not going to get it done um, against you know a Knicks offense that you talk about not needing to coach them. Jalen Brunson is just carving people up. I mean, it is, there's nothing Marcus Smart could do with him. Like, uh, I mean, I guess you put Mikel Bridges on him and, and he might do a, a slightly better job there. But, uh, I mean, he's just he's just got every counter in the book right now. And, and with Mitchell Robinson back, then Nick's defense is pretty scary as well. Uh, I think they're, they're going to win a seventh in a row here. I mean, they just handled the Nets a couple weeks ago. And they could easily do that again. Yeah, I'm banking on it. Uh, so has uh, the, the the folks going that have been betting on the Knicks since this opened. Um, just a few points, but you know enough to to know that that no one really has confidence in the Nets, and we don't even know who it might be out for them tonight. Um, ben Simmons, I guess, could play. Utah Watanabe well, has been out a bit as well. I, I don't really know, but I, I guess I don't really care. Um, <laughs> It's it's been bad for for the Nets and and really good for the Knicks and that's been the, this game right here has been and, and this matchup and how much better the Knicks are has been the reason one of the the, the main reasons that we've been so bullish on the Nets and uh, fading them right and and making futures bets all over the place as much as we can uh, that they're not going to that they're going to be a part of the play in you love that they're not even going to make the playoffs and to be honest once they get into the play in like if they've got to win um, two games because we see them losing that first one let's say they're a seven or an eight seed and they got to play the hawks or the raptors or something like that like who do you like more uh i definitely like the hawks more than the nets um and then what do you use the wizards or or the nets the fact that we're even talking about it in a way that we're like that's for sure a toss-up if not slight favorite for a team that has bradley beal on it um you know that can close versus this nets team you know so that's really it's it's emblematic of everything we're talking about here in terms of why the knicks are, are better than them the reason I love the Knicks, the reason I love Jalen Brunson is a point guard and an identity. And yes, Julius Randle is awesome. And he's the all-star do what you want with that. Um, And has been, you know, incredible, even, you know, all season long in his last like five games, averaging like 28 a game because he's got a 46 pointer in there. Um, And, and so, you know, playing awesome, but like at the end of the game, when you need a bucket, as you said, unassisted field goal, Jalen Brunson maestro. It's it, that's what that's what the Knicks are winning on, and that's why they've also in their win streak got the fewest assists per game. They've got the fewest assists overall. They've got the fewest assisted field goals um, because they they don't they don't it's just not needed. The spacing works the way that they have it right now. Josh Hart doesn't need the ball, and like honestly, Josh Hart is what. RJ Barrett's ceiling might become if, if RJ Barrett decides to become a hustle player to that degree, because you know, he does everything well without needing the ball in his hands. RJ Barrett doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands, but the problem is, is he's not a great spot up shooter. I don't want to get too far into that. He hasn't been as helpful as they need, but the, the, the whole point of what I'm making here is 121 points in this six game win streak for the Knicks while only allowing 106 a game um, and, and blowing teams out. And, and that's why even in, in the this trend of them only being nine and 11 against the spread when their home favorites like in this situation they're still winning those games by six and a half points basically what this spread is at and, and where it started um and so i still like them to at the sizzling pace that they're playing to be able to handle this team and and you talk about the way that brooklyn scores now 
they need to hit threes. And you saw it in the game against the Bucks in the first half. They were winning by 10 points. They were eight for 17 for three from three in the second half. They lost by 25 points, uh, 67 to 42. And they, they hit four of 19 threes. So that's it. That, that, that's the game plan, right? It's Spencer Dinwiddie occasionally trying to go off the dribble, kicking it out to, to Bridges and Johnson and, and whomever else is out there and just, and just shoot, pull and pray. And that, and that, that's the game plan. Um, the Knicks are the number one rebounding team in the, in the last six and, and most of the season or, you know, top three, most of the season, um, that defensive rating is back to where you want it to be. There was a time maybe three or four games ago where you could get points in the paint against the Knicks as they dropped down to like 14th or 15th, uh, in terms of allowing points in the paint to their opponent. Then Mitchell Robinson came right back in the last three games. Uh, and as his minutes has, have gone up, so has their ability to stop points in the paint back up to fifth best in the league over their last six. They are limiting threes. Do what you will with the fact that I, I, I call it karma. If James Dolan is going to continue to own the Knicks and ruin our franchise at, at, at his every whim uh, whenever he can, then we should be allowed to have other teams not make open threes. I think that's our return on, on the investment of having a shitty odor because for the last like three seasons, un, uncontested field goals do not go in against the Knicks, especially from deep in that game versus the Celtics. We know how awful they were from three, but I will say I think 33% uh, of their shots were uncontested from deep um, and they couldn't do anything with that. So, uh, you know, there, there is a lot to like for the Knicks in this one. I know it's a little bit bigger of a spread and it's almost like, is this one of those weird games where the Nets might be that frisky team they were a couple times since the trade? Uh, I'm not really worried about it. I think even at the end of the game, if this thing is close, the Knicks can get theirs, get their buckets and get their stops and then hit their free throws to cover eight points. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's two key categories that the, the Knicks are very similar to the Bucks, which is exactly why this is the same take as yesterday, saying the Bucks are going to rebound the basketball and score without needing to get assists here. They can win their individual matchups, and that's exactly what the Knicks can do. Uh, and, and the Nets, yeah, they just don't have that same kind of firepower. It's also kind of like that, you know, that late revenge factor that the Nets were beating up on the Knicks uh, when they had those two guys, mm-hmm. and now it's the Knicks' turn. And, and we just yeah. saw how them they popped up to beat the Celtics the second time in a row. Uh, I think with Josh Hart on the team, your second favorite, Nick, uh, they will continue with that edge and, and treat this game very seriously so that it makes me less worried about that, that, that sort of frisky game, as you say, where yeah. the favorite – it lapses a little and says, Oh, we're playing, we're playing a cupcake. Um, I think the Knicks will come to play here. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've got to hit 17 threes to win this game. The Nets do, and they need the Knicks to be below average on offense. So all of that taken into consideration, uh, I really like the next the, the Knicks here. Maybe you do want to take, uh, um, you know, if I were going to combine this this Knicks and uh, Celtics game, I'd probably just parlay those money lines and feel pretty good about it. If I just didn't want the headache of dealing with uh, any of these spreads, uh, you know, which I, I would feel fine with just as much as, as a tease at that point. But might as well take the, the parlay, probably get you back down to minus 120 on that. Still really like that for both those teams to win. Definitely like the Knicks uh, even more, to be honest with you, as that that spread keeps climbing. So hopefully you guys are able to hit it. Another uh, friendly PSA to hit those lines the day before um, the, the game when they start coming out and you can see them and, and before people start hitting them. So, Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your first NBA play a prop. Yeah, there's a lot of games tonight, but not a lot of props up yet with True. a lot of back-to-back. So we are picking from what we got here yeah. in the morning. Uh uh, and I expect Jimmy Butler to bring it again against the Sixers. It's go time for the Heat. Uh, I know he's disappointed us before when we said it's go time, but now it's really go time. It's March. It's, it's There's a month left. 
They got to fight their way up the standings here. Um, and in his last four home games, he's averaging 23 and a half points, six and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. That's pretty much exactly what he averages last three against the Sixers in the regular season, including uh, 23, 11 and nine on Monday, which is, you know, vintage Jimmy, if you will. It's just not Jimmy uh, loafing through the middle of the season that we had seen before where suddenly, where suddenly yeah. his peripheral stats are just not there. Um, so I do think he gets over 32 and a half PRA tonight. I like this, the 27 and a half points rebounds. If you want to remove the assists, because Philly is 28th in rebounding on the year and nobody but Embiid is basically an above average rebounder. They're also 28th in fast break points allowed. Um, Jimmy look, can, can definitely get out and score. He can create his own turnovers or score off turnovers and it's a it's a bit of a revenge game. Um, he does get get up to face Philly, one of his former teams, and twenty one plus in seven of his last eight at home against the Sixers. His rebounds also really spiked when they played each other in the playoffs last year, helping Miami pull through. So that is why I like the points and the rebounds most here, um, it, because I think it's you know a bit of a playoff vibe here. Miami's got a real stack schedule the next couple weeks, including these back to back with the Sixers. Yeah, uh, it's it's a good call as far as this game. I mean, obviously we just we just saw this one um, uh, not too long ago, uh, and and the Heat definitely uh, felt pretty good in that one. I, I think in 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 this game, you know, for me, I, I'm actually already just going to move on to my other prop because I think it's relevant here. Uh, you know, you go Jimmy over, I go Bam under twenty eight and a half pra. Um, it is minus one fifteen on DraftKings. It kind of tells me it's been bet both ways to get to that about even money, but um, which I don't love doing when I see those minus 115 numbers, but uh, in his last four regular season games versus Philly, 14.8 points, nine and a half boards, three and a half assists, right? Does not get you uh, to that 29 that you need. there. still about three uh, total under that's all in th- about 33 and a half minutes with a 24% usage. Um, he's got about the 24, 25% usage on the uh, season. He's gone over this prop once in those last four. And that was when Embiid did not play. Um, and in his last six versus Philly in the regular season, you know, he's gone over that twice. He didn't play in that other game as well. So I think, I'm sorry, he did play. He played for like 16 minutes and then he he got hurt and came out. So, and that was like a season and a half ago. So point being, if Joel's in there, it's it's just a different game for Bam. Uh, all the places that Philly's kind of weak and vulnerable, they, they've gotten better, by the way, at, at limiting rebounds and second chance points over their last five or six games, at least. Um, and, and that's, you know, going to be huge. That's where Bam scores all of his points. He doesn't get any of those fast break points that you're talking about. Um, so I'm not really worried about the fact that Philly has been awful and continues to be awful. Getting back on defense, unsurprising when you have James Harden on your team that you're not getting back on defense. Bam over his last five overall, 17 and a half points and just seven boards. Boards, three assists. You're seeing a lot of other guys getting there and crash the boards as well for for the uh, the Heat who have the best uh, rebounding guards in the league. Um, and then third, in, you know, Philly third in limiting centers points, eighth in limiting their rebounds. As bad as they are, you know, and rebounding as a team, Joel's doing his job and getting everybody out of the way. And that's who he's going to be boxing out tonight is Bam. So I, I feel much better about him being held in check a little bit more uh, than than in other games where he, he's able to get uh, some more rebounds. Yeah, I mean, his job is going to be focusing on the defensive end where he's, you know, was able to limit Embiid the last time they played. And yep. good job by you calling the under there. Now we go down for Embiid's prop from 32 to 29 and a half. And I would right. be interested in the over. Uh, I just don't think you can hold him down that long uh, in consecutive yeah. matchups. But I think either way, yeah, you could take the under on Bam because 
it's going to be less of the counting stats and more of his defensive prowess here. Yeah. Um, going with the, uh, the former number two pick cast off James Wiseman now with Detroit uh, on an absolute tanking Detroit team that will give him as many minutes as they want. Um, but you know, he's still working his way in there. He did have a nice 23 and seven his last time out against Charlotte, much easier matchup than Chicago, I suppose, which has a great team defensive rating, um, over the last couple of weeks, but they're still giving up the fifth most points per game to centers in that span. I mean, Vucevic not really known for his interior defense. Wiseman is at 13 and a half points, even money here. Uh, he's averaging exactly 13 in four appearances with Detroit, along with eight boards per game. Uh, I do think the boards, if you want to combine them at 21 and a half points and rebounds, that's that's definitely in play. The odds are not as good. Uh, or plus 200 for a double-double, which he's done in one of these four games with Detroit. Because I don't think Chicago's offense is very impressive. Uh, even against this Detroit defense, I think there'll be plenty of rebounding opportunities. And uh, I, I do think he can vacuum them up with that huge wingspan. As he tries to, you know, establish a foothold in the NBA here, this is a, a big stretch for him. Yeah, that's great. I, I guess. I don't know. I never thought we would be taking James Wiseman. But he, it's, he, they're low, and he's the only person out there. And you know that even when they're down by 20, the 20 points they were down to the Hornets the other night, Wiseman's just going to be out there getting those uh, garbage time stats like any good awful NBA 2K player does when his team's down by like 100 and just tries to pat those stats. That's basically James Wiseman. So I, I don't know why you wouldn't uh, feel good about that. I expect them to be down again, even though, you know, this is a game that I suppose that they could be hanging around in. Uh, I don't expect it to happen. So um, Gordo or Scary Terry, we're talking about some Hornets players with LaMelo out. Really sad that he's back out uh, same night that LeBron went out. So that was a crappy night for the NBA and just four games were going on that night. But anyway, um, I think it's time to take one of those two guys. I like Gordo. I like them both. I'll, I'll start with Hayward and, and the guy I probably prefer. You're getting minus 105 on DraftKings for him to get 18 points. Um, it's a little bit like minus 112 uh, for him to get 22 and a half points and rebounds. Uh, in his last five, since you know he's been back and getting those minutes back up to 30 and above in the last five, 21 and a half points, six boards, uh, and 32 minutes. So like I said, as long as he's getting those minutes, he's got 59, 53 splits. Um, only putting up about three threes a game, but making like one and a half of them. Uh, and, and shooting, yeah, like I said, about 60% from the field as a small forward. So that's pretty impressive impressive uh that 24 percent usage when Lamelo's not in both these guys and you know gordon stats go up a bit he does get a few more assists when Lamelo's not in there um but i, I also just like the rebounds tonight in that game versus the suns that um probably you know i, I know the, the the hornets will try to speed it up a bit and we'll, we'll see kd so maybe there's a few more points available in this game overall um uh, but I, I do think you know hayward's a decent bet even though the suns are much better at guarding small forwards in his position than they are guards guards is where they give up points so i i, I would Look at Terry as well. Um, he is a little bit more. I think you can get 21 and a half or 22 and a half on his points uh, on, on books there. Use that odds finder tool on the lines.com so you can get the best juice from him. When Lamelo's out in his last 11, you know, scary Terry, 25 a game, four and a half boards, five and a half assists. So I know you like the 33 and a half points and rebounds for him at minus 102 on FanDuel. I'll let you talk about Terry here a little bit more as I, I kind of do like Gordo, but this is a better matchup for a guard of Terry's position uh, against the Suns. Yeah, I mean, actually what I like is over two and a half turnovers for Terry Rozier. It's what we talk okay. about 
if there was a bet for missed field goals, I would be uh, all over that for Terry Rozier because he's just going to have elevated usage. He's going to take bad shots. And he's going to be a volume scorer, though, with that 29% usage rate his last 11 without Melo. Um, I just, yeah, you talked about worrying about the blowout here with Phoenix at Charlotte. And I think that that makes it a little scarier to take Scary Terry. Um, with some pretty high props, I, th- I think I like Gordo as, in terms of just scoring there, yeah. as you pointed out. But really, I want to bring up, you You were thinking under on Durant in his debut, 20 and a half points. And I am absolutely not on board with that. No, thank you. <laughs> I think Kevin Durant might play 19 minutes in a blowout tonight, and he will score 25 points. He is. It's like... <laughs> He's been resting that knee. He is ready to go at this point, we can assume. And a Charlotte team without Jalen McDaniels anymore, it might as well just be, you know, warm-up one-on-zero drills for him. And he is just, like, going to just drain mid-range shots all over whatever, you know, measly defender is trying to guard him. It's a first-team, you know, debut with the new team, going to show them what he can do, which is just get buckets uh, one uh, at least a point per minute. Um, so I would take the over on Durant there. Yeah, I, I'm down for a gentleman's bet on that one for sure. Uh, we'll throw that up as an asterisk there on the on the props that I tweet out uh, as a fun one because I, I just see it going the other way. I, I Maybe he gets 18, maybe even 19, um, but I don't think he gets 21 tonight as I, I think that he's just going to not be able to play enough minutes even if he gets 10 field goal attempts. Was it gonna make every single shot? Like I just don't think it's necessarily gonna be that for him tonight, where he's gonna be taking it easy. Is kind of, but that's really just the prediction that we have to make here. Is what do you think the game flow is gonna be? Get him in early and 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 show what he can do and scare teams away right away by dropping 140 points, or you know limit it and and let him come back a little bit more easily. So. That is all the time we have for you guys in this one, though. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along as we look to stay wicked hot on these player props with you guys. And until we see you next, happy betting.